Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. morning. Hello, hello. How are we doing, church? You good? Isn't it great to be in the house today? I'm, well, I'm excited to be in the house today. You know, there's a great presence of the Lord here today. There's a great wind. And I want us to just take a moment, even though it's quiet, the worship team's uh, leaving the stage, where we can just, uh, the word I get is, is a spiritual breath. I know that sounds funny, but where we just pause for a moment and take a breath in our spirit. Because there's a presence of God here that is beautiful. So just where you're at, I know the baskets are going around and we're looking around, all those kind of things. But why don't you just take a breath in your spirit? Just pause. Just, just wait on the Lord. There was a theme emerging today. I don't know if you, you caught it. And we saw it in the songs. We saw it even in Mitch's word and in Pastor Lon's prayer. Um, yeah, if you could stay for a little bit back, that'd be great. And uh, I love that line in the song that says, we will rest in your promises. And then Mitchell, Mitchell, Mitch, I've never called you Mitchell before, Mitchell. Uh, going into like teacher mode, Mitchell. And then, uh, and then the prayer that Mitch gave of anxiety and, and the heart resting. And, you know, as I was praying and, and leading into today, I was praying last night. And because um, often when we're preaching, the you know, preachers and anyone who's kind of spoke publicly, you know that there's the preparation and there's the words, but then there's something the Lord's doing in the Spirit and it goes hand in hand. And and I really just felt physically, I even felt as I was prepping uh, last night and praying that there's someone here today or maybe multiple people who feel like you're in a tug of war. You feel like this week you're in a tug of war between light and dark, between wanting to do what God has for you, but but feeling like you're not measuring up and, and stumbling. And maybe you've even been feeling that today. And maybe you haven't been able to put words to that, but you feel like you're getting pulled between two kingdoms. And, and, uh, and I just want to pray into that today because I believe God has freedom in this place. And we could get up and talk about Sabbath. We could get up and talk about rest. But if we don't actually get freedom from this area, then it's just a concept. It's just an idea. And so... As we just take a moment here before we bring the Word, if that's you, if that kind of articulates uh, what you're feeling, the sense of being pulled between two directions and wanting to go one way, but you're getting pulled back the other way, why don't you just put your, put your hand up or give me a wave and we're going to pray as a church. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I knew this was taking place here. We're going we're gonna to pray just as we're seated today because the, one of the biggest tools of the enemy of the devil, one of the only weapons he has against us actually is deception. It's, everything else has been rendered powerless. And so he deceives us to actually thinking that we're in a tug of war. But the truth is that the victory's already been won. And you're not in a battle anymore because Jesus has actually won the tug of war for you and we're stepping into freedom. But sometimes our body, our mind, our emotions, the world convinces us, the enemy, that we're still in that tug of war. And that's what you've been feeling this week. But we're gonna get freedom in this place today. 
in the Name of Jesus. So if that's you again, why don't you put your hands up and we're gonna pray and believe just for a minute here. And we're gonna declare the truth of the Word of the Lord that you are free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed in this place. Lord, so I pray for every person this week who's been fighting that battle and feeling that tension of being in a tug of war. We pray that it would release right now in the Name of Jesus. We thank You, Lord God, that the lie of the enemy that says there's an equal battle taking place for their life is that just rendered uh, and, and called. We call that out right now for what it is, a lie, deception. It's not true, God, because You have won the victory. So Lord, we just pray right now, the body, the mind, the, the soul, the emotions come into line with that freedom that You got for them. And they would break free right now in that Name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for any ungodly soul ties in this place, any strongholds that have crept in through lies. We pray right now they would be cast out in the presence of the Lord. They have no place on Your people here today. And we pray Your Holy Spirit would fill that gap, Lord. And that rest that we're speaking about, the rest that we're gonna talk about today, that rest that the Word promises us will be accessible because the lies of the enemy will not convince us of otherwise. We thank You for Your truth today, setting people free. In the Name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So good. Hey, isn't God good? He's so good. Thanks, Becca. So good. This is it's great to be here. My name's Stephen. Uh, my wife, Brittany, and I are the location pastors of our C3 Calgary Central location. So excited, and, um, and it's great to get to come out and, and visit family here, and we're part of the family. We feel like we're in a tug of war sometimes uh, as well. Of, um, you know, if we're here at West, we've got FOMO, of, which fear of missing out for any of you people that aren't um, up to date with what the kiddos are saying these days, FOMO. We have fear of missing out of what's going on here. When we're here, we have fear of missing out of what's going on there, but we just love C3 Calgary and, and love this church so much, and uh, I'm so happy to be here today continuing in our series on Sabbath. It's going to be awesome. I, I was just so proud. Um, I don't know if she's in the room. Maybe she's stepped out. Talifa. Are you here? Yeah, there you are, Talifa. What a, I, I loved everything about today. Worship experience got so good. But seeing you here confident and worshiping, standing in the middle of the stage, we are proud of you as a church. And God has done... God has done a work in your life in the last year, in the last six months maybe, and you are a completely different person. And that was so beautiful to see you. And you are a strong woman. You are a confident woman. You are, you are going to be able to lead young, I see you leading young women in the future out of a place of insecurity and insecurity because you've broke through in this area and God's done a number in your life in this area. So thank you for standing here and leading so confidently. It helps so many of us step into the presence of God today. You're amazing. You have such a great future. We're proud of you. Okay, guys, let's get into the Word, hey? I'm preaching on Sabbath today. Sabbath, I know, it's such an exciting topic. We've started practicing the way as a church uh, community, both locations, practicing the way this month of Jesus. This is something you'll see come up every three months now, where we focus in on an area of discipleship, of practicing one of the practices of Jesus Himself and what we see in the Word of God. And if you haven't heard of that yet, I'm going to assume it's your first time in church today. So welcome to church um, if it's your first time, because if you've been here, you would have heard us announce it. You would have heard, seen it in our e-news and on our social media. So you must be new if this is the first time you're hearing about it today. But this is functioning through the small groups uh, in our church. Who's a part of a group here at church? Yeah, it's so good. Groups are so important in the life of the church. I've heard it said that we learn in, learn in rows, but we grow in circles. 
And I believe that's what's being a part of a group is we come here, we hear the word, we worship together in rows. But when we're in a group, we get to learn hand in hand in circles. And it's so important. So some of the groups are doing Practicing the Way and we're lining up our um, sermon series with Practicing the Way. And also after service today here. At 11.30, you're invited to be a part of a group that started last week where you can come in, watch some of the material, break off, have some food, and be in a discussion group. And so I, I think, you know, I don't think that people would mind if, you know, maybe you hadn't planned on being a part of it, maybe you haven't signed up, you could stay on, be a part of that. I know you'll be blessed for it. So that's after service, 11.30 in here, and then it goes till about one o'clock where you get to do that. So I'm kicking off, oh, I'm sorry, I'm following up from Pastor Tim, who spoke last week on Sabbath and introduced the topic to us. And you might hear some double up today in, in the Scripture references or, or things we're talking about. And that's a good thing, right? It'd be a bit weird if I got up here and, uh, and Pastor Tim had said a completely different thing, and I got up and preached a different thing. Maybe we're not reading the same book, if that's the case, but we are. But the funny thing is, and maybe you've found this in your relationships, um, maybe with your spouse, that you can hear something, you can say something over and over and over again, but then someone else, like this is, happens to Brittany and I all the time. It's like we've been saying the same thing. Someone else comes in and says it. Like maybe after a year or two or five years of, of saying this same suggestion or opportunity for growth or whatever it might be, someone else comes in and then all of a sudden Brittany is like, you're never going to believe what they said. This is amazing. And I'm like, I've been saying that for five years, my sweet, sweet bride. But, but maybe that's what happens in church as well. You know, sometimes the different nuances, quirks, personalities, you get to hear something a little differently today, even though we're preaching from the same Word, the Word of God. So it's an awesome, awesome thing. Last week, Pastor Tim introduced the concept of Sabbath being to stop. And this week, I'm going to uh, focus more in on Sabbath being rest. Now, Sabbath comes from the word Shabbat, which means to, to stop, to cease. And as you unpack the original language more, really the Sabbath encompasses stopping, resting, delighting, and worship. That's what taking a, a Sabbath really is a part of it. It's gone through different traditions and it relates to us as New Testament believers differently today, but the concept is the same. Do we have a season, a time of our week, of our day where we stop, where we rest, where we can delight, and where we can worship. That is what we're going to unpack, focusing on rest today. We first see a form of Sabbath, not first observed by Moses or Abraham or David, not even first observed by Jesus or, or Paul or the disciples or the early church, but Sabbath is actually first introduced by, drumroll, God Himself observes the Sabbath. In Genesis 2, if you have your Bibles, let's turn there. Come up on the screen behind me. In Genesis 2, story of creation. God's created all the world, all the world and all the animals and all the plants and, and people, and, and He's done six days of producing. And it says this in chapter 2, "'Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished His work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all the work that He had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all His work that He had done in creation. Have you ever asked the question, why did God rest? Why, why would God rest? Like, it's not like He needed to rest. We, 
We know that God doesn't need to rest, right? He doesn't, Isaiah tells us in chapter 40, um, 28, do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. So why did God rest? I mean, he could have just uh, kept creating. Could have went about, I don't know, Mars needs to be populated. I know Elon Musk is trying to do that these days, but, but he could have went to another planet and started, he could have done that kind of thing. But, but God actually chose to stop. God actually chose to rest and picked a, a period of time, the seventh day, to call it holy. Now, there's many reasons why his work was, was finished, his creation was finished, but I, I think one particular part of it could be that if God sets the precedence that God himself would rest, it doesn't uh, give permission for any of us to think that we don't need a period of rest. We can't get there and go, well, I'm just more capable. I've got more strength. I've got more drive. Yeah, yeah, you might have that than the people around you. But if God himself, if God took a moment to stop, if God took a day to stop, to rest, I think maybe us being made in his image, we need to do that too. So why did God rest? I think he sets, sets us up so none of us can say that we don't need to. Let me burst your bubble today maybe, and set you free at exactly the same time. Can I do that today here in church? No matter how capable you are, no matter how gifted you are, no matter how motivated you are, no matter how, um, how much of a go-getter you are, no matter how disciplined you are, no matter how full of the Spirit you and I are, none of us are infinite. None of us don't have a capacity. None of us are unlimited. Sorry, not sorry. But that is one of the most freeing revelations we can have. Because in a world where there's a pressure, maybe it's self-imposed, maybe it's culture-imposed, maybe it's someone else imposing on us, maybe it's the enemy imposing it on us, that we need to go, 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 that we need to keep going, we, we can't stop, we can't uh, surrender to God, we have to just keep running on that hamster wheel. In a world where that's the pressure, it's freeing to know that that's not imposed on us by God. He doesn't have that expectation of you and I, so why would we? Well, my life's just too busy to stop. Where's that voice coming from? Where's that pressure coming from? It doesn't come from the kingdom of God. But we all feel it, right? Bills to pay, places to go, people to see, things to do. Then you throw a couple kids in the mix, maybe. Take on a second job, third job. This culture is go, 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 go. But the Word of God says, hey, take a moment to stop, to Sabbath, to rest. Psalm 55 verse 6 says, says this, Oh, that I had the wings of a dove, I would fly away and then be at rest. Has anyone ever felt like that? If I could only fly away to the right vacation. Maybe we really felt that today with the snow taking place here. If I could only go to the right place, if I could only get the right job, if I could only be in the right church, if I could only know the right people, then I'd be at rest. I want to tell you today, we have access to the rest that only God can offer us and bring us now in amongst whatever we're facing. Health issues, relationship issues, all the things that come up in our life, the Word of God promises we have access 
to Sabbath, to rest in amongst the chaos. We don't have to fly away like a dove because I don't know if you've ever been on a really good vacation, really went to a nice place. Isn't it good? We should do these things. So good. The rest that we get, unless it shifts something in our mind and in our soul and in our heart, we come back and very quickly we feel exhausted again. We feel restless again, maybe, because we try to find the rest that God offers in stuff that this world has, and we end up wanting and needing more. There's a lot of pressure that's wearing us out, and one of the ways I believe that we are to, uh, to break that cycle is by having a period of time where we observe Sabbath in our life. So we're unpacking that over today and the next couple of weeks and in our groups. Uh, the result of not taking a moment to rest in our life, in our week, I think it's pretty evident, and maybe some of us have experienced these kind of things. Burnout, compromises, poor decision-making, silly little mistakes. I don't know if you've ever uh, stayed up late to watch a show and, and you've maybe been on a strict diet, you've been eating healthy, but isn't it amazing when we get exhausted, all of a sudden the big bag of Lay's chips comes out and you're just going to have a few and then all of a sudden you look next to you and the entire bag's empty. This happens to me quite often when I'm exhausted or tired. Maybe we start to make silly mistakes or start to think silly thoughts when we're exhausted. Ah, oh, they don't really like me anyway. I don't have a place, I don't have a community, I don't have a thing. Ah, oh, maybe, maybe that prophecy or maybe that word that God spoke of me isn't real anymore. This, this is what happens when we're exhausted. Our, our guard's down and the enemy starts to come in. I was talking to a, a gentleman it must have been a few months ago now, uh, downtown. We take a moment, uh, Britt and I, whenever we can, uh, to just sit with people and chat and, and pray with them. And I'd love to do it more often. But again, we're talking about Sabbathing. One of the things about Sabbath is it helps us get perspective um, and be able to sit back and, and see what's going on around us. And we saw this guy in distress, and he uh, was, you know, obviously um, going through a season of life, let's just say that, and just got talking to him. And, and it wasn't a very... Um, long period before this guy who was now on the street uh, asking for money and help however he could find was working a, a great job downtown Calgary, had his family living in a really nice place. But he said this, he said this thing to me, which was amazing. And we're going to talk about it a bit more. He said, because I became a workaholic, I lost everything. I felt like I needed to run, run, run. And that created a, a an addiction in his life, and I ended up not only losing um, my own health, but my family, my place, my job, and everything. Oh, if I could go back and just take time to rest. Pretty powerful revelation, right? Whether it's eating too many potato chips or it escalates, the effects of being exhausted constantly and not finding rest is not good for us. And, and my, the Word of God that I read says that our, our God is a good, good Father who has good things for us. It says in the Word that He's prepared good works for us to step into. He has great things for us. He has a plan. He has a purpose. I hope you know that today. He has a plan and purpose for your life, for my life. But if we don't take time to Sabbath, to rest, to look after ourselves, the word self-care is a very loaded and, and triggered word at the moment. It's a popular word in our culture, but there is a biblical self-care that actually enables us to keep going and step into our, the destiny for our life. 
And I believe a part of it involves Sabbath. So let's have a look at this a little bit more, because what if there was that practice we could implement into the, the rhythm of our life that would allow us to see the world different, to approach the world different, and not get caught up in the rat race? You've got to remember, Jesus, our, our Savior, the one who we're following, the one who this month we're really looking at practicing the ways of, He was the, the guy who was in a boat one day with His disciples, they're all around Him, and all of a sudden, chaos comes up. A storm takes place, and they're all freaking out, and they're all going wild. And what's Jesus doing in the boat? Napping. He's resting. He's in a place of complete peace with no anxiety when there's a storm going on around him where he then can get up and quieten the storm. And that's a picture for you and I that in a world that is, feels like a storm, feels like chaos, feels wild and, and like people don't know what's going on, we can actually have the placement and position of helping quieten the storm from a place of rest and peace, despite what's going on around us. Are you in that place? Am I in that place? Now, I, I want to be in that place, but the reality is the world wears off on me, and we need a reminder. We need to remind our soul. We need to speak to ourselves that actually we're the ones who calm storms. We don't succumb to storms. So what is that practice, you say? Well, you might know the answer. Sabbath. Exodus 20 verse 8, we see this commandment, one of the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath. Remember, Sabbath is a moment to stop, rest, delight, and to worship. The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. So, how do we Sabbath? Great question. When you have the answer, come and let me know. All I know is this, that I'm still trying to figure out Sabbath in, in my own life and, and my wife's life and our family's life and our church's life. This is what I've found. When I've been able to observe periods of Sabbath, of letting go, of stopping, of not letting things uh, you know, carry into our period of time that we set aside, turn the phones off, put them aside, and just be and surrender to God, it doesn't just affect our relationship with God. It affects all areas of our life. And when I'm not observing that and when we're not doing it, our relationship becomes strained. Our family life seems a little more hectic. Our church seems overwhelming. Um, the jobs that we have, the things that we do start to get on top of us when we're not observing Sabbath. And maybe you've felt that too. And a big mistake that I, I think, uh, no, it's not a mistake, it's just a challenge that we have is when a season of life changes, are we willing to change the Sabbath to fit with our season of life? Or are we going to plan our life around a predetermined set thing that the Sabbath is priority in our life? And so Brittany and I, sometimes we've been doing Sabbath, something's changed around us, which will no longer allow that period of time to function the same, but we haven't changed with it. And very quickly, it wears us down. So we have to go, okay, Lord, how do you want us to do Sabbath in this new season of life? So we're not bound by the law of Sabbath in some legalistic way. We know that, right? That we are, uh, the, the Old Testament, the, the Old Covenant doesn't apply to us the same way that it applied to the Israelites or God's people during their time. They would observe that Sabbath very legalistically. We are actually set free from that. I'm so happy that we're a part of a new covenant. 
a greater covenant in Christ that comes by just placing our faith in Him isn't by the works or what we can do or checking the box, but it's out of a relationship through Jesus to God that we're now under the covenant of grace. Isn't that an awesome thing? That's something that should make you smile and happy and do a little dance. I'm so excited about that. So how do these Old Testament laws apply in our life today? Some people would say, uh, would veer more on the uh, legalistic side that the Sabbath does kind of still bind us in a certain way. Some would say, well, it's totally irrelevant. I believe any of the laws and any of the Old Testament still applies to us. The principle carries through the cross, but the, the law or the, the legalistic side of it doesn't. Does that make sense? So what is the Sabbath carried through the cross? I don't think it's as strict as God's people used to have to follow in the past, but the concept carries through, and it's actually woven into us in creation. Six days, God created. Seventh day, He rested. We're made in His image. If we're made in the image of God. Perhaps we are meant to work and produce and do great things and then have an intentional rest. That's kind of how it is. And if we go outside of the alignment of creation, of how God's created us. Jesus still loves us fully. We're still fully forgiven, but eventually it's going to catch up to us. We need to align with God's intention in creation for us. And if we try to fight and contradict a Sabbath in our life, it's like me trying to do a cannonball off this stage and trying to defy the law of gravity. It just doesn't work. Or I'll end up with a sore bottom. One of the two. So God's given us a key to disconnecting from the exhausting, never-ending chase that the world has. Charles Swinon says, God presents the Sabbath day as a shelter that we can enter. I want you to get that picture. The Sabbath is a shelter that we can enter. John D. Young says, God gives us Sabbath as a gift. It's an island of get-to in a sea of have-to. He also offers Sabbath as a test. It is an opportunity to trust God's work more than our own. When I go weeks without taking adequate time off, I may or may not be disobeying the fourth commandment, but I am most certainly too convinced of my own importance and more than a little foolish. If my goal is God-glorifying productivity over a lifetime of hard work, there are few things I need more than a regular rhythm of rest. Isn't that powerful? I love that. So rest, what is biblical rest? I got three points, thoughts about this idea of work rest today. And then I want to pray at the end. Um, two, two main areas, those who have never entered into a relationship with Jesus or accepted the rest for eternity that he gives us in him. And, and secondly, for those who have made that decision, we're, we've made that decision, maybe we've been loving Jesus, loving God for a long time, but something's got back on us where we've, we've been... Uh, knocked out of, because of the season of life we're in, we'd be knocked out of that rest that we can only find in Jesus. And He wants to realign us and walk out today, maybe into the same circumstance, but from a position of rest and peace in our core that we can say, well is our soul, whatever we're facing this week. But I want to look at three points about rest first. That I believe biblically um, we're meant to do. First point is godly people or followers of Christ are meant to work hard and rest well. Work hard and rest well. When I say work, I'm not particularly talking about a job, okay? I'll use that example, but working hard. Talk to any P 
parent who's staying at home with their young kids at the moment. That can be a work, that can be a full-time job times 10. Maybe you're a care, caring for somebody in your life, or maybe you're doing something that's outside of a job, a nine to five, but it is work. It is where you're producing. It's where you're making and you're growing something and, and putting it forward. That can be work as well. God has actually created us to work hard, but He wants us to rest well. Colossians 3 verse 23, 24 says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Ecclesiastes 9, 10 Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. I could go on with scriptures that talk about God's people being hard workers. I believe actually we're meant to be the the hardest and most effective, efficient workers going around. I believe our work ethic can actually bring glory to God. When I uh, finished Bible college, um, gee, feels like a lifetime ago now, maybe 12, 14 years ago. um, Who's counting? And uh, um, go back to Tasmania, where I'm from. I'm from a a province in Australia called Tasmania, small country town. I'd been studying Bible college in Sydney. I'd um, met the, the girl of my dreams there, uh, Brittany, who's not here today. The, the moment she walked in and the moment she walked in and I li- laid eyes on her, she knew that she loved me. No, I knew that I loved her. And so I went back from Bible college knowing that I'd be eventually flying over to Canada to propose to Brittany. So I got home, no job, like this, you know, Anyone who's been through this kind of thing, university, Bible college, there's like, there's being broke and then there's Bible college broke. I was Bible college broke at the time. So I opened up the local classifieds or our newspaper job listing, put my finger down, said, I'm taking that job there. And I called up and it was a job in forestry industry. And it was, um, I got, put my resume in the next day, got a call from the boss and and he said, look, I've just been reading through your thing and um, you qualify, but just so you know, I know you've been at Bible college and this job, you're going to work long hours. You're going to go home um, sad. You're going to be laying down in the mud during the day at times. You're going to be working with rough people. Just wanted to let you know that. And, I, and of course, I said, sign me up. Let's do this. So we did it. And, um, and it was that, actually. It was, it was a hard work. It was some of the, my favorite times of my life, though, getting to lay down in the mud and work hard with all these different crazy kind of characters. But, but where am I going with this? The, the, I remember praying into it and Getting into it, coming out of a Bible college bubble and all of a sudden working in the forestry industry in Tasmania is quite a shock to the system. And, and people very quickly found out, as they do if they, they hang around me too long, that I'm, I'm a Christian and I'm passionate about the Word of God. And, and I just remember going home some days after being like uh, um, ridiculed and uh, called all kinds of names under the sun that I, I wouldn't dare utter in this place, that, um, Lord, how am I going to reach these people? And I remember him saying to me, you're going to be the best worker there. And, and so I remember, and my dad's always um, distilled in me, you, you get to work early, you leave a little late, you work hard, you're honorable. That, that was something in my family. So I ended up really seeing that not as a task, not as a legalistic thing, but as a mission opportunity. And I think someone maybe needs to hear that today. You're going to work. It's not just a job. It's actually an opportunity to share Jesus with someone. And we can actually do that through the way that we work. And so as I worked hard with these guys and, and worked alongside them through some um, crazy situations that you find yourself in, their walls started to come down, hearts started to soften to me. They're some of my best friends in the world still. They need to get their act together if they happen to be listening to this. But, <laughs> but there was these amazing opportunities because they saw that I was going to work hard. I broke down walls to actually have moments of prayer in the yard there with them in the rain and the mud. 
opportunities to shine light. What am I trying to say today? I'm trying to say that the way that we work, the way that we do things, the way that we can produce and, and contribute to the world around us through different means can actually bring Jesus, plant seeds to people's life because we can work hard as Christians. And, and I even had that comment to me of uh, one of the stories what wasn't about me, it was about another Christian guy. And I remember Mark, my friend, just swearing his head off about this Christian, he's reading his Bible, he's doing this kind of thing. He goes to church, he won't work Sundays. And after about a five minute rant of him saying this, he said about this guy, but man, you'll never find someone who works as hard as him. You'll never find someone who has a family like he's. You'll never find someone who has as much integrity as him. That's what working hard for the Lord can do. When we see our job and we work hard in that, as if to bring glory for the Lord, guess what it does? It brings glory for the Lord. It's an awesome thing. So followers of Christ, we're to work hard, but we're also to rest well. Because the second point I have is working hard is endorsed by God, but being a workaholic is a snare from the devil. Working hard is endorsed by God, but being a workaholic is a snare from the devil. Do you know that anything can become an idol in our world? Literally, literally anything. Do you know what an idol is? It's a, something that we would put itself up or we would place in position of God where we get our trust, where we put our faith, where we put all our, our um, bearing in more than God and we get the positioning wrong of how things are meant to work. Money can be an idol or it can be a tool that we use in our life. Relationships can be something that sharpen us and, and bring great things or we can hold a relation up in a position of God and we're only going to be let down. That's what an idol is. Tim, Tim Keller says in his book, Counterfeit Gods, an idol is anything more important to you than God, anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God, and anything that you seek to give you what only God can give you. That's what an idol is. Taking a Sabbath, taking a pause, taking a moment to stop, rest, delight, and worship, I believe removes idols in our world that aren't meant to be there. Taking a Sabbath from our works, our productivity, can help realign God to be in the position that He's meant to be in our life. And when we position God how He's meant to be, that's how things flow better, right? When we're not holding Him in a position of provider, then, then He can't provide because we have someone else we're trusting in or something else. When we're holding something else in a position of healer other than, than God, not in the right order because He can use these things to heal us, but when we put our trust in something over God's ability, it becomes an idol. And so often we see this with work. That's a snare of the enemy. If he can keep us distracted and worn out and worshiping this idea that if I just work harder, if I just do more, if I could just get more done or get more things, then we get exhausted, we don't function fully, and we actually have an idol. That's a snare of the enemy. Sabbath can interrupt that and place God back where he needs to be. And thirdly, as the time ticks along here, God has designed us to function best when we have a lifestyle that implements strategic rest. Observing a form of Sabbath is an intentional act of resistance to the idols of the world crying out for a never-ending amount of our time and energy. Sabbath is an act of defiance of those things they would try to sell us a bill of goods, present themselves as something that can ultimately satisfy or fill that gap inside of us. Sabbath is an act of defiance that says we will not allow those things 
to take our worship away from God. We will not allow those things to sell us a lie that we can find anything satisfying fully outside of the presence of God and relationship with Him. So what's the application? Sabbath's a, a different thing to, to preach on, guys. Just letting you know, preaching on a lot of topics, Sabbath is a little difficult because we all bring in our own current seasons of life. We all bring in our own experience of Sabbath. We all bring in our different things. Here's what I know. No matter the season, no matter what you're going through, our God is a God who will give you an ability to find Sabbath in that season. And maybe it's not, you're maybe you're in a different season to somebody who can set aside, you know, that, that Sunday is the day of the Lord. Maybe you're in a season where that's not possible. This is why I know God has a Sabbath for you. And we just need to invite Him in and allow Him to guide us what that looks like. Can you stop and give a day or a set time period this week or in the weeks to come where you stop, rest, delight, and worship the Lord? That's the purpose of that day. If that sounds overwhelming, how about a couple hours of Sabbath? I think the spiritual disciplines are a lot like going to the gym. You know, if you, if you haven't done it for a while, you've never done it, you go in and you load up all the weights and then you try to lift that weight up, you're, you're either really going to hurt yourself, you're going to be discouraged and disappointed. So what do you do? You put some little weights on and you start to lift and build capacity. That's the same with the spiritual disciplines. That's the same with our prayer life. That's the same with reading the Word. And that's the same with Sabbath. And God is good and gracious in that. Don't try to go from zero to a hundred like that. What if just every week you, you added a little bit more to your Sabbath time and started to build that capacity? Is there a set chunk of time this week where you can practice the Sabbath? I believe there is. And I believe as you do that and commit to that, maybe not immediately, but just like the gym, eventually you'll start to see results. And when we start to see the fruit, we'll want to continue on that journey but it takes a process of committing to the spiritual discipline, the spiritual practice of Sabbath. If I can have Becca back up on the keys today. So ultimately, Sabbath is an awesome thing. Sabbath is something I believe we're created to implement into our lives. I believe God has that for us. He wants us to work well and then rest intentionally. He wants us to to work well and produce and do amazing things as individuals and as a church, but not hold them up as an idol in our life. He wants us to be able to be in it for the long run, not just the short sprint. The Bible talks often about running the race, a marathon race, and not just having bursts of moments where we're strong and then living in weakness. He actually wants us to go take ground going forward and forward and forward. And moments of chaos come up and moments of stress come up and moments of exhaustion come up. But if we're implementing Sabbath into our life, they won't last as long, they won't be as big and we'll be able to walk out into a storm from a place of rest, amen? So ultimately, this is a good thing, but Sabbath rest is really a foreshadowing. I believe, like everything in the Old Testament, it's a foreshadowing of Christ. It's a foreshadowing of what we can find in Him. It's a foreshadowing of, for the people of God in that time, hey, this is now, but there's a time coming where a Savior is coming to rescue you and enter you into the full Sabbath. If you could set apart a day now to remind yourself of that, but Jesus is coming and inviting you into a rest that you can't get through anything else. That's, that's what the Word says. Hebrews 4 tells us that in the New Covenant, we're actually invited in to Sabbath in our relationship with Christ. Jesus Himself says in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you a Red Bull energy drink so you just keep on working hard. No, I got that wrong. 
It says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you that unlimited amount of energy so you just keep going and going. Am I getting that right today? Come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you that reliance on a substance at the end of your day to try and make you find satisfaction. I don't think that's what he says. I don't think he says, come to me all who are burdened and weary and I'm gonna give you a kick back out the door and say, you just need to work harder and strive harder. He says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. That's the invitation from our Saviour. Doesn't mean, again, we don't have moments where we're exhausted, but we don't need to live there. He goes on to say, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Two questions as we finish today. Have you placed your faith in Jesus and accepted this invitation? I'm not talking about if you've gone to church all your life. I'm talking about have you placed your faith in Jesus whose invitation is one where our soul would be at rest. We wouldn't have to strive. We wouldn't have to fight. And secondly, if you've made that invitation, are you, are you picking up the cross every day, getting about our business, doing the thing that we're called to do from a place that Jesus's yoke is easy and light and He doesn't burden us. He actually removes our burdens. That's what I want to pray into today. So we could just stand in this place. Let's remember the Sabbath. Let's remember if you want to join a group or be a part of that, make sure you do as we look at the practice of Sabbath. But even in this moment, I believe Jesus is wanting to remove burdens from us. So we just close our eyes, look to the Lord. Today, that first question, have you actually just placed your faith in Jesus and accepted His invitation that would put your, your, your soul at rest? There's someone here and, and maybe you're tuning in online today and you're racing, your soul's racing because you're not sure if you're going to make it to heaven. You're not sure if God loves you. You're not sure if you're doing enough or being nice enough or doing the right thing. And Jesus' invitation is actually one to just place faith in Him, enter into a relationship with God and find that rest that every human being struggles with. And if that's you in this place, you haven't done that and you'd like a prayer and a moment where we acknowledge that and you can place your faith in Jesus, would you just put your hand up? Give me a wave. You want to make that decision today where you're actually, yeah, thank you. I see that hand. Awesome. Thank you. I see that hand. You're putting your faith in Jesus for the first time. You're recommitting to that today and you'll be able to walk out today knowing that you're in, at peace with God. Any other hands that haven't gone up? We had three brave people do that. That's awesome. I'm going to pray for you in a moment. And the second invitation is, have you picked up a yoke that's not Jesus? Have you picked up burdens? Are you feeling heavy? And you want to release that to the Lord today in this moment. Maybe you can just put your hands up too. If that's you, you know you've picked up something that Jesus doesn't have for you and He's going to free you from that in this moment. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's beautiful not that you have a burden. It's beautiful because God wants to set you free from that today and remind you of that place of rest. So I'm going to pray for both categories and let's just, uh, let's just look to the Lord here. Lord, I thank You so much, Lord, that You've created us not just to have a Sabbath moment in our life, but for our, our spirit, our soul to be in a place of Sabbath, of rest at all times when we're in Your presence, God. And I thank You, Lord, no matter what the world brings us, no matter what cultures around us, no matter what um, we have to do to get done, we can actually do it from a placement of knowing that You are God and You are good that we are created and You are Creator. And so we realign with that Sabbath creation that we're meant to work 
hard and we're meant to rest well today. And for those who place their faith in you for the first time today or they're making a recommitment, we just uh, thank you, God, in that acknowledgement, they're entering into eternal rest with you. They don't have to have that question of where they're going anymore because through you, they are connected. Their eternity is determined that they are in eternal relationship with God and that they'll be on their way to heaven. But even in this life, you can have heaven invade their life right now and you can speak to them. They can be in relationship with you every day. And for everybody who's picked up more burdens here, God, we just cast our burdens back to You today, Lord. Your invitation says that Your yoke and your bur- You don't put burdens on us. Your yoke is light. It's easy. It's not hard. It's not meant to be striving 24-7. So we just cast that back to You. And we, we leave this place today knowing that, yeah, there's things around us, there's things going on, but we don't have to carry the weight alone because You've carried the weight for us through Your cross. So we walk away today lighter and stepping into a Sabbath rest that the new covenant gives us access to through faith that we can walk away today saying, well is my soul, rested is my soul, at peace is my soul. So I pray for freedom in this place today. Shift our perspective and we can leave free. You're a good God. We love you and thank you for what you've done in this place and you're continuing to do as we leave today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's have a great Sabbath this week, church. I'm going to invite Mitch back up. He's going to close the service. And I'd love to be available for prayer for anybody today. Thank you for allowing me to speak today. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.